and welcome to Daily Cafefe with Carter and Carrie on Unsafe Space. Today is Friday, July 19th. And we had a debate about what to talk about today. But we've settled on something good. I I never know I, I never know where to go with these intros. Good morning, welcome. And then Carter's well, sitting there silent. They're repetitive, right? So if you do them every day, it's like, oh yeah, I have to remind everyone to subscribe. And you start to get bored with doing your own intro. So I do. And you don't know what to say because it's like, yeah, subscribe to our channel. Uh, Yeah. Subscribe if you must. (laughs) (laughs) Please, please subscribe. Um, Well, I don't know that we, we settled on the one that who won the debate actually, I think was, uh, was our audience because we promised that we would talk about something. And that was really the only reason that we're talking about this particular thing, but we'll talk about the other thing. The other thing later. Well, I do want to talk about this. I do. It's just that I told, as I told Carter, I had a good morning. I drank my coffee. I listened to Fleetwood Mac. It's been lovely. And now we're, he's going to be. You're he's, afraid he's going to get ruined. You're going to ruin my day. <laughs> it will, it may in fact ruin your day. Okay. <laughs> it may in fact ruin your day. So Carrie, let's just jump right into it. Let's ruin your day now. Maybe we can end on a positive note. And you can leave okay. happy. You ready? Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with Dr. Robert Epstein? Have I you am heard familiar. of this guy? Yes, I've heard of him. Okay. I've been putting off watching this. Okay, so yeah, you, this is great, guys, because we get to see. We're going to get to see Carrie's raw, immediate reaction to uh, to seeing this video for the first time. So he's a senior uh, research psychologist at the American Institute for Behavioral Research and Technology. He used to be the editor of Psychology Today. And he's been researching the influence that big tech, specifically search engines and search recommendations and that kind of stuff can have on elections. Now he was worried about this prior to the 2016 election. He wrote an article in Politico in 2015 where he talked about some of the research he'd been doing. He seemed to actually in the article to be a little bit worried about Trump winning. He was a very strong and vocal supporter publicly of Hillary Clinton. So he's not, he's not a, he's not a right winger, but so that, so that's that just to give you a little bit of context for those of you who don't know the actual numbers, uh, according to the Washington post, which I get it. It's the Washington Post, but let's assume that they're not massively lying on this one. Um, of the one of the more than 120 million votes cast in the 2016 election, only 107,000 of them uh, decided the election in three states: Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. So the margin, and we all know we've heard from the Democrat side that Hillary won the popular vote. Blah blah blah. So we all know that the Margins are pretty tight. It doesn't take a lot of votes in the right spots to swing elections. So with that in mind, let's, let's watch a video. This guy, uh, Dr. Epstein, he testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee the other day, and Kerry's favorite bearded politician asked him some great questions. And Breitbart has a, a clip of it that we will play here for Kerry and anyone else who hasn't seen this. So... All right. Carrie, you see that? You ready? Here we go. I'm ready. 
As I understand your background, uh, you're not a Republican, and, and, and nor are you a conservative. Is that accurate? <clears throat> that would be an understatement. Um, and, in, and indeed, you're the former editor-in-chief <laughs> of pause college. It, pause it. Pause it. Yeah. I already love this guy. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I like him. That would be an understatement. <laughs> yeah, I also, I watched another video of him, and he has the biggest bomb-ass monitor on his desk. I have monitor envy as a nerd. I'm like, oh, my God. It's like three feet wide. It's awesome. Okay. okay. Correct. So you're a respected academic. You testified before this committee that Google's manipulation of votes gave at least 2.6 million additional votes to Hillary Clinton in the year 2016. Is that correct? That's correct. And, and I want to make sure I understand, you personally supported and voted for Hillary Clinton. I was a very strong public supporter of Hillary Clinton, yes. So you're not dis dismayed that people voted for her, but your testimony is that Google is through bias in search results, manipulating voters in a way they're not aware of? On a massive scale. And what I'm saying is that I believe in democracy. I believe in the free and fair election uh, more than I have any kind of allegiance to a candidate or a party. And, and looking forward, if I understood your testimony correctly, you said in subsequent elections, Google and Facebook and Twitter and big text manipulation could manipulate as many as 15 million votes in a subsequent election? In 2020, if all these companies are supporting the same candidate, there are 15 million votes on the line that can be shifted without people's knowledge and without leaving a paper trail for authorities to trace. Now, now you described the go vote reminder and you said it was. Let's just pause on that for a sec, Carrie. Yeah, uh, I have. Without leaving a paper trail and without authorities to trace, right? So it's, uh, this, is a, this is a big, big deal. And what he's talking about, by the way, the research that, he's, that he did, because I read some other stuff he's done, he, he actually did a study. He's proven this ability, like, time and time again. He's, he's done studies. He actually did it with actual voters in an election in India. He also did it with people here. You, he, can, he had a, a false search engine, which... The only difference between his search engine and Google was they could, it, it led to real web pages, but they ranked the results however they wanted, basically. And he was swaying people's allegiances in this study by like 20, 30, 40%, even higher in some cases. Like he, he was swaying their allegiances just with, just with ranking, not okay, changing any words, not saying anything, just ranking. I have, I have some thoughts on this. So, this is, we've, we know this has been happening. I mean, we've been talking about this for a while. A lot of people yes. know this is happening. The mainstream, especially mainstream people on the left, they hear something like this and they hear conspiracy theory. I love that this guy is a Hillary Clinton supporter because it makes it harder for them to dismiss him, but they're still going to dismiss him and say, this is all, well, it's just, you know, how does that change a vote? How does that affect a vote? It doesn't matter that he's done studies. Here's what's happening. I'll give you a little example from yesterday. Um, some, somebody was arguing with me about the homeless, homelessness rate in Los Angeles. And it, it seemed that he was actually arguing that it's not increasing, which it is. And I did a quick search uh, 
duck, duck, go, mind you. And I always <laughs> point that out because screw Google, don't use them. You should be using DuckDuckGo. But anyway, I did a quick search and I grabbed the, the top two like results, which were both uh, le- liberal outlets. It was like NPR and something else. And, you know, the, and the headlines were homelessness rates increasing. And so this guy's like, uh, you know, nice cherry picking. And I'm like, I didn't cherry pick. I picked the top two results. And like all, almost all the results are that. Are you actually saying it's not increasing? Like, I'd love to see those stats. I haven't heard anyone argue that. My point being, my perception that it's increasing is just, is based in part on every search result that's returned there is like, even from left outlets, it's like, it's increasing, it's increasing, it's increasing. Right. And so people, I don't think people realize how much their perceptions of what is true or what is truth, um, how much their perceptions are created by what they see returned on a site like Google. And they trust Google. Yeah, and the interesting thing is, it's the, the, the radical, also the evangelical left that calls everyone else science deniers, right? They're, everyone else is the one who are you know denying science and denying facts and blah blah blah. The fact is, it is very easy to manipulate people through search ranking. Now you can argue Google's not doing it, and there's evidence. There's plenty of evidence they are. And this guy says they swayed 2.6 million votes in the 2016 election. But the fact that it's possible is science. And anyone who denies that is a science denier to use their language. That's, it is possible to sway people by presenting them. I mean, we know this. This is why I actually, so Carrie, I actually think that what we're seeing here is just a more efficient and more effective version of what has been happening in the press for decades, which is what they choose to report, what they don't choose to report, how they report it, how they don't report it, what the narrative is, like what you choose to report has an impact. And it's only now when we've, we have these tools that we are capable of measuring that impact in, and we're sophisticated enough to look for it and say, hey, wait a minute, let's measure that impact. And actually, it's not the New York Times that's having the impact anymore. It's Google. I mean, I'm sure New York Times has some, but they don't control, they're not the gatekeepers anymore. The kingmakers are no longer the press. I, but I don't think these, but, they're now, these tactics aren't new. These tactics are just now more efficient and sophisticated. Oh yeah, now it's efficient because you have social media. But you're exactly right. They've tried to sway the narrative forever. It's just, it's just now it's much easier to do that. And people self-select. I mean, look at Facebook. People create these narrow little echo chambers and they only hear the news that's catered and programmed for them. And they're, they're programming themselves. And I, I, I actually, I think, here, here's what's funny to me. A lot of people on the left have this knee-jerk reaction um, when you talk about false narratives and stuff. They, they have a knee-jerk reaction where they want to go after Fox News or Breitbart or some right-wing personalities or what have you. And I understand that, but I feel like that is, number one, I feel like they're, they're living in the nineties. If they think that Fox is uh, more biased than CNN, um, it times have changed <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I, Fox, I think did used to be more biased than CNN. Maybe not. That was just my perception back then. But, um, but the other thing is that the people who are the most certain that they know the truth and that their news sources are the true ones. And they have the most faith, like a religious, like faith 
in what you call the, the cathedral, the blue cathedral, in, in Google, in the New York Times, in these places that are telling them the biggest lies. That those people, it's, it's like if you don't, um, you, you are the most susceptible. You are the most susceptible to being sold and buying a bill of goods because you are so confident and you don't think it could happen to you. And you look down your nose at those people on the right who get so easily, you know, uh, led down a primrose path by Fox News. Yeah, that- and I, I just want to point out, there's, to me, there's a difference between the echo chambers and something like Google because the echo chambers, I mean, still a problem, I, I get it, but I have self-awareness, at least, and I imagine a lot of people do that, that you, you might have a little bit more self-awareness that you're in an echo chamber. I'm like, okay, these are, this is, these are my Twitter peeps or this is my Facebook and like, I get that. But when I want to go research something objectively, I view search engines as stepping out of my echo chamber to look at the objective world. That's how people think about search engines. It's like, okay, well, maybe I am in an echo chamber. I don't know. This is what all my friends on Facebook are saying. Now I'm going to go to do Google and do research. And the, and the, the truth is that's not an objective. You're, you're, you may not be out of your echo chamber at all, or you're stepping from one echo chamber to uh, a manipulated, biased, well, place to get your answer. That's my point is they have to start thinking about and they don't, but that is part of their echo chamber and the, and it is and it's even more deceptive and they are even more at risk because they view Google as impartial. They view the New York Times as impartial. And right. and, and when you do that it's like you're setting yourself up to be sold the biggest lies. Yeah, because absolutely. You don't, you don't question it and yeah. yeah. Well, let's let's continue. This is you're going to love the rest of this clip, I think. It wasn't a public service announcement, but rather manipulation. Can you explain how? It- Sorry, let me back up. So he because we lost context. We were talking about something else. He's talking about um, this go vote initiative, which is where uh, Google or Facebook or someone usually someone more like Facebook and less like Google can send out a vote reminder. So that's what he's talking about here. Now, now you described the go vote reminder and you said it wasn't a public service announcement, but rather manipulation. Can you explain how I'm not sure everyone followed the details of that? Well, sure. Um, If on Election Day in 2016, if Mark Zuckerberg, for example, had chosen to send out a go vote reminder, say just to Democrats and no one would have known if he had done this, that would have given that day an additional at least 450,000 votes to Democrats. And we know this without doubt because of Facebook's own published data because they did an experiment that they didn't tell anyone about during the 2010 election. They published it in 2012. It had 60 million Facebook users involved. They sent out a go vote reminder and they got something like 360,000 more people to get off their sofas and go vote who otherwise would have stayed home. The point is, I don't think that Mr. Zuckerberg sent out that reminder uh, in 2016. I think he was overconfident. I think Google Google was overconfident. All these companies were. Uh, I don't think he sent that out. Without monitoring systems in place, we'll never know what these companies are doing. But the point is, in 2018, I'm sure they were more aggressive. We have lots of data to support that. And in 2020, you can bet that all of these companies are going to go 
all out. And the methods that they're using are invisible. They're subliminal. They're more powerful than most any effects I've ever seen in the behavioral sciences. And I've been in the behavioral sciences for almost 40 years. You know, our Democratic colleagues on this committee often talk about what they view as the pernicious effect of big money and big corporate dollars. Uh, what you are testifying to is that a handful of Silicon Valley billionaires and giant corporations are able to spend millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars collectively, massively influencing the results of elections. And there's no accountability. You said, we don't know. We have no way of knowing if Google or Facebook or Twitter sends, it, sends its Democrats or Republicans or how they bias it because it's a black box with, 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 with no transparency or accountability whatsoever. I mean, am I understanding you correctly? Senator, with respect, I must correct you. Please. If Mark Zuckerberg chooses to send out a go vote reminder just to Democrats on election day, that doesn't cost him a dime. Fair enough. Um, wow, wow. <laughs> Wow, it doesn't cost billions of dollars to influence the results of our elections. I, I, it costs zero. Zero. It's one little thing. It, mm -hmm. For anyone who doubts the, the science behind this, I mean, there have been a lot of studies just about how they can influence the way you think, uh, just your mood even. Do you remember the one about they secretly did a study, Facebook did? They told people after the fact, yep. but they secretly did a study to see if they could influence your mood based on what you saw in your timeline. And right. so they selected a certain portion of Facebook users and for half of them, they had only negative story or mostly negative stories appear in the timeline and they pushed down the positive ones. And for the other half, they had the positive stories appear in your timeline and they, and they suppressed the negative ones. And it, uh, and it definitely ha it had a large impact on people's mood. And then after the fact, they were like, Hey, we did a social, uh, uh, we did a social study on you. We did a, we did a psychological study on you. It's like, after the fact <laughs> yeah, people were outraged though for about five minutes and then yeah. they returned to looking at crappy cat videos on facebook or whatever else um yeah i mean and carrie specifically about influence elections influencing elections dr epstein as he just said i mean pay attention to that part facebook did a study they know they can get people to go out to vote this isn't speculation it's fact it is fact that they can influence the election. They did it. They, I mean, they didn't influence the election. I assume that they, when they did their study, they sent out their go vote reminder, you know, to all political affiliations. But the fact that they can is fact. It's fact. So, yeah. So much for conspiracy theories. Okay, so let's, let's continue. Do you happen to know who the Hillary Clinton campaign's number one financial supporter was in the year 2016? Uh, I think I do, but please remind me. The, the number one financial supporter of the Hillary Clinton campaign in the 2016 election was the parent company of Google, Alphabet, oh, no. who was our first witness. They were her number one financial donor, and your testimony is, through their deceptive search methods, they moved 2.6 million votes in her direction. I would think anybody, whether or not you favor one candidate or another, should be deeply dismayed about a handful of Silicon Valley billionaires having that much power over our elections to silently and deceptively 
shift vote outcomes. Again, with respect, I must correct you. The 2.6 million is a rock bottom minimum. Oh. The range is between 2.6 and 10.4 million, depending on how aggressively they used the techniques that I've been studying now for six and a half years. Wow. Could, could I mean, it's, it's yeah. this is what... 2.6 to 10.4 million. Millions. All these, all these people who've been so who bought into the Russia hoax, which by the way, you bought into something they sold you through programming. Right. Okay. Right. That itself was fake, but you bought into this hoax that, uh, that there was collusion and all of you people who were so upset about that in reality, it, it turned out what Russian trolls had bought a certain number of Facebook or had had a certain number of Facebook pages and they had conflicting events for Hillary and for Trump. And then after the election, they had conflicting, they had a resistance March, they had black lives matter marches and they were basically if you look at it objectively, it seems to me they're trying to play into existing polarization in America and amp it up. But regardless, you guys are so, who were so obsessed with that, this is so much bigger and this is real. And the effects are so much larger. Rock bottom, 2.6 million, upwards of all the way up to 10.4 million, depending on how aggressively they use these tactics. That's crazy. Well, uh, yeah, what's the... What's the phrase? SJWs always project. This is the left projecting, right? Oh, you influenced the election through what? They spent $100,000 on Facebook ads. That's the, that's the big influence. There's some supposed bots on Twitter. Like, this, is, this is, I mean, there's only 120, people, 120 million people that voted. T 10 million people, it's like 8% roughly. I'm doing the rough math in my head, but that's a lot. It's a lot. That's a, a lot. huge, huge and like, margin. And like this guy said, is it Epstein or Epstein? I'm saying Epstein, but I don't know. It's an unfortunate name. Uh, but uh, he, like he said, they were pretty confident in 2016. Right. All the polls were telling them she was going to win. So uh, 2020, they are going to, uh, that's, what, that's what I'm afraid of is that it doesn't matter may not matter in the end because it's just going to be a complete theft. They're already doing everything they can. We've seen those Project Veritas videos. Yeah, course, they're pulling out all the stops. for. for they're pulling out all the stops. And they're all working. They're, talk about collusion. They're all colluding because what, what happens? Project Veritas does an investigative report. They have hidden cameras. They get people on the record from Facebook or from Google admitting to algorithm manipulation, admitting to how their number one priority is to stop Trump from getting reelected. They get an executive at Google saying this. And then what happens? YouTube pulls the video down. Facebook, right. you know, or they all scratch each other's back. Twitter takes it down. Even Vimeo took the video down. Yeah. Can't watch and, and the testimony, like whenever they're asked about it, it's always this vague political non-answer. Like we, we love giving search results to people. Yeah. Like what, what the hell kind of an answer? Like they have horrible, horrible answers and they're, they're getting away with being evasive. And, you know, Carrie, this partly wants me, me I, I, part of me wants to retract my prediction. I, I think, I have been thinking Trump's going to win 2020, hands down. Because I know a lot of people walk away people and a lot of people that didn't vote for him that would. And there's some people that did that have walked back, but I don't think it's as many. However, this makes me think, and I, I, I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to be a, uh, I don't know someone who's freaking out about the end of the world, what's the, you know, but. A chicken little. 
Dick, thank you. This is, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Trump loses because of this. And it's very obvious to a large percent of the population that this is the reason. And the whoever it is that succeeds him will shut down any kind of investigation into it. So that won't happen. And that will be the beginning of the balkanization of the United States. This is what I'm afraid of too. I don't want to be a chicken little. I think Can I stay at your house if that happens? Because I think Texas <laughs> is better than California. I'm moving my family to your house in 2020 if that happens. You can definitely, we'll start fortifying. Yes. Uh, I am afraid of this too. It, even if it doesn't happen in 2020, I think that's the, 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 we're on a course towards this happening to where they just fix every election. Because look, this is the time to be speaking out against it. It's the easiest time to do so. And what happens when you and I talk about this stuff? We have the people who, who like our videos and who are like, yeah, this is a problem. But I also have a ton of people who react to me, react to me talking about this, like, oh, you know, private companies can do what they, that whole thing. Private companies can do it. Yes, they can. And I can be very, very alarmed at what's happening and, and talk about it. And there's this attitude of just like, look the other way. Don't look at this. Don't look at this behemoth social, you know, big social, social media company. Don't look at this and don't look at the impact they're having. It's so Yeah, weird. it's it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Because yeah, like I so I agree with you. We are on the path for some sort of mild civil unrest or some kind of I don't wanna I don't think I agree with the forward observer outlook guys that like this isn't an actual it wouldn't actually be a civil war with two sides fighting and marching on Washington. I don't think that would happen. But there would be some sort of balkanization. I think that's a, a good um analogy and i'm i always assume this is very far out because a lot of people say like oh this is gonna you know there's the preppers it's gonna happen next year it's gonna happen when this happens and blah 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 and i'm not saying it's gonna happen in 2020 but boy this certainly gives me a lot of anxiety that shit clearly if google wants to so this is here this is a statement i'll make that i think is unassailable if google wants to they can pick the president in 2020 if they want to it is completely, they can, because they can manipulate the primaries. So they can pick their president in 2020 if they want to. They have the ability. Now you just have to ask yourself, will they? So basically, we're now just uh, relying on the better nature of, of this huge corporation. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I know. With, with not a great track record, mind you. No, 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 no. Just look at what we know about Google. Look at right. every, look at the hidden camera stuff. Look at uh, the meeting they had. The, it's, you can go and watch the whole video of the meeting they had after Trump won and how all the executives are on stage. Like, how can we prevent this? I mean, and I know just anecdotally, the Google people I know, come on. Like, the, the, right. I they're not, they're not Epstein style Democrats who are like, well, I care more about the process and democracy than my particular affiliation. Like, no, no that's no. not good. <laughs> no, they're SJWs. And like you've yeah. said in previous videos, they believe that they are smarter than everyone else and that they know what's best for everyone else. So rigging an election in the way that they would, which is by manipulating algorithms and influencing the way people think about these candidates, um, psychologically is what they're doing. Psychologically rigging an election. Um, 
they would absolutely do that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like they believe they know it's best. And they're, and they're doing it for your own good. It's that they do it already. They do it on YouTube. Google owns YouTube. They do it on YouTube. They change what they think should be, you know, they've decided the CNNs and MSNBCs should be up the top. And obviously Alex Jones should be in in a hole somewhere and not allowed on YouTube. And because he's so popular, right? So they already manipulate. They already do it. So, The other thing, Carrie, is even if they, at this point, we're fucked because even if they don't do it, if Trump loses, the right will assume that they did do it. Oh, if he loses, I'm going to assume they did it because, yeah, that's what's going to happen. Like you said, every other indicator, other than their ability to swing the outcome, every other indicator shows me that people are uh, waking up, are, quote, walking away. And so that's just, that's just the, that's my gut. That's the, that's what's in the air. I'm not the only walkaway person I know. And I didn't meet all of them through joining walkaway. I met some of them before that. It's like, I know people who did not vote for him who have already moved in that direction. And right. I don't, I still don't know if I'm going to vote for him because I want to see who is the, um, I want to see who's running against him, mm-hmm. but I'm open to it, which I never would have ever thought I would be. So, I mean, and I, I know people who've already gotten on that train. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I think you'll end up voting for, uh, I was going to say Kamala Harris before, but, um, I think Elizabeth Warren, she's Uh, now got pronouns in her Twitter profile. So Kamala Harris, Kamala needs to get on her shit in there. Let's be clear. These, the, the social justice ideology has completely cannibalized the democratic party. And so there, I guess it's no secret to people who watch our show. There's not any of those Democrats that I consider to be a true liberal uh, other than Tulsi Gabbard. And again, I, I keep saying this. I know she's not going to win. And so, you know, what am I left with? I like her. I like Yang. I like Marianne Williamson. Yeah. None of those people have a chance. That's not an endorsement uh, for any of them by me, but just saying they, they also, aside from being appalling to me, they do not have a chance. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Let's watch the rest. Here's the rest. Could you just say that again, please? Just The 2.6 million is a rock bottom minimum. The range is between 2.6 and 10.4 million votes, depending on how aggressive they were in using the techniques that I've been studying, such as the search engine manipulation effect, the search suggestion effect, uh, the answer bot effect, and a number of others. They control these, and no one can counteract them. These are not competitive. These are tools that they have at their disposal exclusively. If any headline comes out of this hearing, that should be it. Can I just say one thing? Given that Ted Cruz seems to be a a one-man army right now on this issue because nobody else has the guts to talk about it and no Democrats talking about it, Ted Cruz is the first Republican I've ever voted for in my life. I was a lifetime Democrat until this past the midterms and, and the choice between him and Beto, I'm like, are you kidding me? Well, I'm going to vote for the most liberal candidate and it's not Beto. So, uh, I, I, every time in that, in the, since that vote happened, there have been plenty of opportunities for me to look back at the vote and say, I made the right decision. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I don't regret it in the least. And I'm very happy because when I voted for him, I was still kind of like, I don't know. I'm voting for a Republican. It felt like it felt kind of weird. But now I'm like, I'm so glad I voted for this guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, one other thing that Dr. Epstein said, not in this video, but in a different one I watched and I won't play. Um, Cause it's, but it's worth, it's worth repeating or paraphrasing his words at least he was talking about um, if you're, if you're going to do research politically, don't use Google. He just, he was flat out. Don't use Google. Stay away from Google. So I think it's good advice. Carrie, um, I gotta be honest. So yes, this is depressing, I guess. Uh, I'm, this whole thing is depressing to me because this is why democracy will never work. This is why we're not supposed to be a democracy, first of all. Um, most people, like people are swayed. People can be swayed very easily to do things that are immoral. Just because 51% of the people want something doesn't make it right. And, and a lot of times they want it uh, very ephemerally because they were convinced to want it on November 6th or whatever they voted. Like it's, you know, they've been, there's been this culmination of want this thing on the day of the election. And then we don't really care about it until the next election. Um, and it's not just an IQ thing. I know of people have said like, Oh, well there's so many dumb people. They just, that's why democracy won't work. Cause there's too many dumb people. It's not an IQ thing. You can be extremely intelligent, but if you're fed search if you trust google it's a trust thing if you're trusting google it doesn't really matter how smart you are you'll you'll still be affected by the barrage of biased results that are being fed to you it's it's not just a function of like oh there's too many dumb people and dumb people are swayed we're all swayed smart people are swayed too you it it's to not be swayed you have to take the red pill, right? You have to be like, oh, I'm going to start questioning the source. I'm going to not take for granted that what I'm being told is true and I'm going to start questioning the source. And if you're not going to do that, it in doesn't some, really matter how brilliant you are. You'll still be swayed. In some cases, I think like slightly above average IQ people are easier to sway because they're convinced of their own intelligence and that they can't be. Yeah. I mean, they're called midwits, right? That's the that's the term for them. Is it midwits? Yeah. But they're yeah they're very confident that they know what they know the truth. And this is the type of people I'm talking about who are like, oh, yeah, CNN's unbiased, um, New York Times is unbiased, Google's unbiased. Those people who believe that. And when you, oh gosh, they're the same people who if you if you talk about this stuff, like if I post this video, those the same people in the comments are going to be like, but what about Breitbart? <laughs> like, are you <laughs> right? Right. You, that was a Breitbart video. Yes, yeah, but it that's was, exactly it was, what they're gonna say. The video camera <laughs> at the Senate, unedited. It doesn't but, matter. They're gonna say, but that's a Breitbart video. Right. <laughs> right. But I, I don't. I guess my point about IQ is I think it's driven by psychology more than IQ. It's, it's a psychology problem, not an IQ problem. Oh, absolutely. It's psychology. And they hold on to, look, if you've built your entire belief system on some of, the, some of these are, are bedrock beliefs. It's like what you build your house on. 
Right. So to ask them to, um, it's, it's not like changing a window in the house of belief. It's about asking them to pull out the foundation of their house. That's hard to do psychologically. Yeah. And few people actually ever do it. I mean, uh, I know you did it. You, you upended your belief system. I bulldozed uh, my house. Yeah, I certainly <laughs> did. I was a, I was a, uh, evangelical born again, like very conservative Christian and, you know, went full on evangelical atheist for a while. And I've kind of settled into actually appreciating Christianity a lot, still an atheist, but, um, that was, I mean, that was emotionally and psychologically traumatic. It, it, it had ripple effects that affected everything in my life, literally everything. Yes. Same. I, mean, I I moved 3,000 miles, got divorced, switched careers. I mean, it was like everything changed in my life. That's so funny because you went from being evangelical to, and I went from being an SJW to ultimately on the path, continually, like now becoming an evangelical. (laughs) But it had the same impact. Right. I moved, I got a divorce, I lost friends. That's so interesting. I'm I'm better for it because... I'm certainly more willing to question anything I think now. <laughs> and I've changed my position. I mean, since then, I've changed my position on some big issues. I've changed my position on abortion. Um, like, there have been, been issues. I've changed my position on, uh, actually, government generally. Like, there's been some things I've changed that are, you know, pretty significant. But, and I'm sure I'll change more in the future, but there are very few people who will do that and this is not me tooting your horn or mine. I would just encourage people as scary as it is. And I know you can attest to this, Carrie, as scary as it is to question everything and potentially shake the foundations of what you believe. It is 100% worth it. Carrie, are you better off now? Are you happier that you did that? Oh yes. A hundred times over. (laughs) Even my bad days are great because I'm not, I don't feel like a fraud. Uh, it's hard to explain that. It's not like I knew I was a fraud back then. It's just no, that no. you don't, you don't, there's just something off that's not off anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. At least in my case, it was like I, this ideology was standing in for something real and it, and it, it's a false ideology and I truly believe it's evil. Somebody asked me that, do you really believe SJW ideology is evil? I'm like, 100%. And practically definition of evil, but that's, yeah. Yeah, but see, people who are in it, they don't understand what you mean. It's really hard for them to grasp, like, what's evil about it? Like, it, you, you have to, I'm still grappling with how to explain it. Like, what? Collectivism. Uh, right. I mean, like, right. but they, they don't. Everything about it is evil. Right, but they, uh, yeah, let's get into that another day. I just want to say something about frames. If you are on the left, this is something that I think, I think he might even have been the one who gave me that analogy of the house and your foundational beliefs. I'm not sure, but um, I read this after George W. Bush won. This is George Lakoff, Don't Think of an Elephant. Now, this is a book by a leftist, and the book is attempting to explain psychologically how people become, uh, on people on the right become rooted in their foundational beliefs. It's mm. even got a blurb by Howard Dean. Like, this is super leftist. If you're on the left, you can read this and feel safe. You're not reading a right-wing book. You can read <laughs> this, but then you can, 
you can understand how it applies to the left as well. He doesn't apply it to the left. He's talking about the right. Oh, they if they get a fact that doesn't fit their frame, they throw it out, blah, 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 blah. That applies to you too. So anyway, this is a good recommendation for, if you know a leftist who doesn't understand or who, who you're trying to talk to about, um, about foundational beliefs and how that causes people to disregard facts and huge things like this Google manipulation just to avoid it because it it would it challenges their the the their foundational beliefs. Maybe have them read this book because they won't realize that. Then once they've read it, you can say, now does that apply to the left at all? Ever? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. No, and I, I, it's good advice. And Carrie, I've said this before, but I'm going to say it once more. Um, it's also extremely freeing to be married to the method, not the conclusion. Um, and that's, it doesn't mean that you're always right. I'm, I've been wrong about things in the past. I'll be wrong about things in the future, but I'm, you know, the method that I adopted is reason and evidence. And it doesn't mean I'm not affected by my psychology and can't, and I'm blinded to sometimes blinded to reason that I'm not seeing because of psychological issues. Like I'm sure that happens and it's happened in the past. It'll probably happen in the future, but I'm, I'm married to the method, which means if I'm proven wrong and I get it, it's not devastating. It's exhilarating, right? It's, it's not like, Oh no, I was wrong about that. It's instead like, Oh, I was wrong about that. Now I'm not, this is great. I understand it. Now I've taken another step forward down the path of following reason. So it makes errors less scary. And, yes. And that's very, very important for your own, frankly, for your own happiness and self-actualization. So yes, don't be married to the outcome. All right, Carrie, I think that's it. That's it. Have a Get great off. Friday, everyone. Have a good Friday. Get off Google. Get off Google. Go to DuckDuckGo. I don't know. There's probably other ones. People can mention what they are. Please, 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 please. I'm begging you. Subscribe, share the videos. We, we want to hit a thousand so we can be demonetized. We'll monetize first and then demonetized immediately after. And uh, so, yeah, please share the video and let us know what you think in the comments. I know some people have told us some stuff they want to talk about. We're not ignoring that. We're taking notes. We're just super busy. There's, you know, not a lot of manpower here <laughs> or resources. So we're slowly moving in those directions. Rest assured, we're not ignoring you. We hear what you're saying and we're, we're trying to do more of what you guys like. I take issue with the word manpower, Carter. I'm kidding. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a misogynist, Carrie. So, uh, and oh, and someone actually, some uh, SJW was like, he's author, his, his tone is authoritative or authoritarian, maybe they said. Like, I don't know. Because you're confident about what you're saying. I have an authoritarian. Oh, it's such an, what a great argument that is. You're so uh, confident, Carter. <laughs> also, apparently you have no agency because uh, I'm talkative and you are incapable of speaking. So. Well, sometimes it would be helpful if we were in the same room. Somebody mentioned to me recently, they didn't realize we were not. And I'm like, no, he's in California. I'm in Texas. If we were in the same room, I could throw a stuffed animal at you. Once in a while, I'll be like, let me talk. I'm kidding. I would love to be in the same room, actually. I think it would be great. <laughs> Part of the problem is um, the delay on, there's this slight delay when we do this. And it's hard to like, is now the time to jump in? Was that a pause? Am I talking over the other person? Am I not? It's, you know, sometimes the sound isn't great. So um, yeah, yeah it, would be, it would be way more fun to be in the same room. But uh, 
don't worry, everyone. Carrie throws virtual stuffed animals at me when, when, when <laughs> necessary. <laughs> okay, thanks, guys. Oh, book club. I'm just going to keep reminding people, if you're not already reading Brave New World, go pick it up. Um, we're going to be discussing it the first week of August. We're going to have, it's going to be great. It's not that long of a book, but you don't want to wait till the last minute. So Brave New World.